This is Jessica Pate, your host for Brave Together podcast. I am here to serve, encourage, and inspire you in your journey as a special needs mom. This is your tribe. This is your community, your place to be reminded that you are not alone. Please follow along as I share stories, inspiration, and resources just for you. to do when she has those gut feelings, those instincts, the intuition that tells her something is wrong with her baby. And yet doctor after doctor, medical professional, clinical personnel just keep brushing you off and poo-pooing your concerns and saying you're a new mother. You're an anxious new mother. You're over worrying about your baby. And yet You as the mom know in your soul something's wrong and you've got to figure it out. Well, that's the story of Effie Parks, whose son Ford was diagnosed with a very, very, very rare condition called CTNNB1 syndrome. Effie says that as a new parent of a child with a rare genetic syndrome, she was lost. There was no guide, no rule book. It's not what she imagined. She had to navigate through the new reality and through the isolation, only to learn eventually that she was not alone. She has an amazing podcast called Once Upon a Gene, and it's a podcast that explores the world of raising children with disabilities and rare genetic disorders. She shares her own personal story of raising Ford while trying to find the non-existent rulebook of bringing up such a special kid. Her podcast features interviews with fellow parents, therapists, doctors, and anyone else who wants to share their story. If you are a mom who had to push through the naysayers, you'll appreciate today's conversation. Hi, friends. We have a great guest for you today, Effie Parks, and maybe you've heard her name before. Maybe you have seen her podcast before and heard her story about her cute little guy, Ford, and he is precious and has a very, very, very rare disease. And we will have Effie share all about that today, but I'm excited to offer this time to you. And I I'm like, yeah, I could just spend this time with you, Effie. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me, Jessica. I'm really happy to be connected with you and to learn more about your organization and to meet podcast buddies. Uh, so thanks for having me here. And, you know, people say things about social media, but that's how we connected was finding each other on the gram. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even have people on my social media anymore that like hate social media. Like... Yeah, I have people on social media who have connected with their people and it is like, you know, it's a whole universe of family and parents and just people in who want to be in that circle. And it's a lifeline, you know? Yes, yes. And I think when you're providing a service and um, your genuine self comes through, I don't think it leaves room or that's maybe that's too idealistic. It doesn't leave room for the trolls. I feel in We Are Brave, we've been very, very lucky and blessed to have so much positivity, you know, on social media, whether that's Facebook, Facebook page, Instagram, you know, all of it. 
It's been great. I've not ventured into doing TikTok. What about you? TikTok's really hard. I've tried it. And I'm like, who has time to do this? That took me like 900 hours to make a 15 second video. Gosh. Oh my gosh. So I need a teenager to be able to branch exactly. out there. My daughter would have to teach me. Yeah. You'll have to hire her. I, yeah. Oh, I should. No, I don't have time for TikTok. What am I saying? Well, Effie, tell us your story. How are you in this world doing this? What you're doing? Oh, man. Okay. So let's see. My son, my son Ford that you mentioned with the bright white blonde hair, he's five years old. He just turned five. Um, You know, he was born uh, right on time. We didn't think anything was going on with, with our little guy. And at my very last appointment, the midwife said, we have to get you induced right now. And you know, I was like, what are you talking about lady? Like my due date's in two days. Like, why wouldn't we just wait? And she was freaking out. Uh, you know, she had been looking at the computer and she just said, Effie, because your baby could die. That's why. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to call my husband. I'm not going to like hang out with your energy. Like I feel so great. I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger. Like, okay, great. I'm going to have a baby tonight. Cool. I'm excited to see this kid. And, uh, you know, I called my husband and I told him what's up and whatever. So we went in and, you know, I was induced and it took a couple days and he was born on his due date two days later and he had a pretty low birth weight. Um, his APGAR was perfect and everybody kind of scurried, scurried away. You know, nobody really said anything to me at that time. I just kept hearing throughout the last couple months of my pregnancy that, you're small. So your baby's small, totally normal. They would always say that so normal. Oh my gosh. Small people just have small babies, but they never made it as in your baby's small. They never made me question that I had anything to worry about whatsoever. When in fact, that was exactly what I should have been worried about. And that should have been tracked more closely. And, you know, there was a lot of mistakes made by, by my midwife team. And I should have been, looked at by an OB and I should have had certain tests ran and all of the things, you know, that you don't know about. It was my first baby. And, you know, I was just going with the flow because I was happy. I felt great. Like I wasn't worried about anything. So that was kind of, you know, the very beginning. And I instantly, we couldn't feed for it. I couldn't get Ford to latch. I couldn't get Ford to drink out of his bottle. And it was, it was, really difficult. And I didn't understand because I'm a super maternal person. And I was telling you earlier, I have 12 brothers and sisters. I've been around babies my entire life. Like I knew what I was doing and I knew, I knew I wasn't doing it wrong. I knew it in my bones that Ford wasn't not breastfeeding because of me. And they sent us home and it just all kind of started from there, Jessica, just like one after another, the dominoes just kept falling. Mm. So you could see that things weren't right and he wasn't doing what a newborn, I hate the, the word should, but, you know, expected to be doing and you could just see right away. You know, it's just the feeding stuff for us. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think anything else was going on at all. I just knew that something wasn't right because he wouldn't eat. And we were going into the lactation specialist a couple times a week and the pediatrician once a week saying he won't eat. 
He won't have a bowel movement. He screams in pain. His body moves like he's in pain. He's not sleeping. And we got the typical brush off, right? Like you two are just worried parents. You're new. He's just colicky. It's all good. Don't worry. And it took three months for our pediatrician to finally, to finally, you know, take action and listen to us. And then we were immediately admitted into children's hospital with failure to thrive. I was going to ask, did he cry for food? You know, I don't know what it was, Jessica. I think, yeah, he was starving. And, you know, like I said, he wasn't having bowel movements either. So there was that happening. And, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he was starving. Pretty sure that's what it was. You know, as he grows older, he has a lot of tone issues and dystonia and things. And I don't know if that caused pain at that point when he was a baby. I know it does now and as he has gotten bigger, but I don't know. I think it was, yeah, him crying out for help. Like, I can't drink this bottle. I can't latch on to you. So when you reflect, not that I want this for you, is there guilt like about your team? When you were pregnant, you used the word should. Do you carry anything like I should have known, they should have known, any residual from that? You know, I've really practiced on not having all of the anger towards them and their neglectful care and the fact that they made huge mistakes and then they tried to hide it. Like, I mean, Mm. I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but they tried to hide it. Wow. Um, But no, me personally, I don't feel guilty. I didn't do anything wrong. What I learned going through this is, wow, you really have to ask questions. You really have to push harder. If you think anything is off and if you have any kind of gut feeling, don't let anybody tell you anything different unless you're a crazy person, you know, but like really make, find the doctors and the professionals who are going to listen to you. Because if you have an instinct, you're probably right about something. And I did learn that about myself. I learned a lot of lessons from, from, you know, what happened with my pregnancy and with Ford's birth but I definitely don't hold the guilt towards it, but I have worked on how upset I was and how disrespected I felt. It was horrible. It was really, truly horrible to see how things like that can just fall through the cracks and someone not wanting to deal with things and just passing them off to the next appointment and to the next appointment, you know, like it was a mess that didn't need to happen. Right. In today's day and age with all the access, with all the great medical intelligence and to be to have our our instincts our gut feelings our questions completely undervalued completely shoved under the rug yeah I mean I felt betrayed um but I really learned a lot about myself and I changed a lot about myself from that you know like I wasn't I wasn't letting people push me around and I stopped being Miss Polite and Miss Yes Ma'am and you're my elder and you're my doctor so you're smarter than me and you know everything. I I learned that we can come to the table and not necessarily be equals because they're way smarter than me, but that I have a voice too. And 
it took something like that happening for me to realize that, you know, um, that it's pretty common for females, not all of us, not all of us. I'm just saying I'm still very polite and I respect my medical professionals, but I also learned a valuable lesson from that. Is that something that you feel strongly to share with other mothers because of what you experienced, that you want to empower other moms to use their voice and to speak up and not shove it down? Yeah, absolutely. I think that in so many areas of what we're going through, right? Um, But definitely to just trust your instincts. I think that it's the most powerful tool you have, especially when if you have none. I think that listening to listening to your inner voice holds a lot of power. Every time you do that, you get so much better at listening to yourself. And then you just know to go, you just know to go there. It's almost an instinct to listen to your instinct. Like you just get better and better about hearing that inner voice of yours and following it and feeling brave enough and courageous enough to make that decision and to make that boundary, if you will, and not, and not just kind of let yourself be pushed around really. And you have to do that, you know, going back and forth to all these doctors and these specialists and all of the things with insurance and, you know, DDA stuff, like you have to be relentless really to get anything done. Yes, you do. You do. And then you've got school and IEPs and uh, all of it. Yes. Yes. You have to be, you're the expert on your child. And the sooner that we we accept that, that we are the experts on our child and we are the advocates, we are the best advocates for our child, we're better off. So then when did you get this diagnosis? Did that take a long time? Did you have to fight to get there? Were you doing research and asking for tests? Who was helping you along? That first uh, admittance to the hospital, he stayed for about a week and, you know, it was just in and out, in and out with all the kinds of doctors. And I heard all of the things that I didn't know what it meant at the time, like, he has low tone. He has this, he has that. And it's all a blur. Like that's all a blur, but you know, afterwards all the follow-up appointments, they help you book and they tell you what you need to do. There was a geneticist appointment and she was instantly intrigued. And she, she was convinced that Ford had a form of albinism, a deadly form of albinism actually. And she said, we're going to get him a whole exome sequencing test because we got to see if he has this. And so we, I didn't have to ask for that. I didn't know about the test before it was just offered to me because she, she had, she had a thought of what Ford might have. So I'm grateful for that. I'm not grateful for thinking that it was this kind of albinism for six months while we waited for our test results. It got lost in transit at one point. So it took longer. Yes. Yes. But I did meet the most amazing albinism community and they're the kindest, most amazing people. They wrapped their arms around me without even having a diagnosis. Um, But yeah. And then she called us and said, well, we have an answer, but it's not the answer that I thought it was. And she told us that it was something called CTNNB1 and that Ford was the 30th known case in the world. And all that she knew about it was that some of the kids can say several words and some of the kids can take several steps. And that was the end of our conversation. 
That was it. That was it. Did she connect you to any other parent or? No, nothing. That was it. Here you go. Goodbye. Yeah, it was, you know, there was like a, let's make a follow-up appointment. Um, But no, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot online about it in the beginning, but she didn't even look because I met 50 people and they did have a foundation, uh, at least an advocacy group that they had started, which was amazing. And there was a family group on Facebook. So that was that was really comforting to find after I was searching what the heck is CTNNB1. So tell us about Ford. Tell us who he is. What does he like to do? What are his daily highs and lows? Ford's amazing. Like all of our kids, right? They just have a special power, a special ability to just be happy, you know, and they, they recover so quickly from hard things and they want other people to be happy. And Ford is so good at all of those things. He's, he's wild. He uses a wheelchair for mobility and he likes to go really fast. He's very dangerous in that thing. Oh my gosh. He loves dancing in his wheelchair right now. He's kind of obsessed with it. It's adorable. He loves school. He gets to go on the school bus every day and he's so independent. He's always been so independent um, and funny. He has the best laugh ever. I don't know if you've ever listened to my podcast, but at the end of every episode, there's Ford's laugh. And like, you can't not laugh out loud along with it. You just can't. Yes. If I'm ever having a bad day, I'm putting on your podcast. You should. Like, it cures. It cures things. Um, but yeah, so Ford's, Ford's awesome in all of those ways. And then he has a lot of struggles too, right? Like he, he's non-mobile. So he uses the wheelchair, obviously. Um, he cannot sit or crawl or walk. So that's more hard stuff for like me to manage. Ford is just Ford and he figures out how to get around, you know, in all of his own ways. Um, he's non-verbal. But he does say dada and recently just started saying mom. So that was cool. Uh, but yeah, Ford's. So it's a lot of physical then for you. You're having to, are you lifting weights mm-hmm. these days, yeah. Effie? Like, uh, what yeah. are you doing to keep yourself physically strong? Look at you. I love it. Well, you know, funny you mention it. I actually bought this thing called the mirror uh, before Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Cause I was like, uh-huh. well, workout classes are not working for me since I had kids now. Anyways, like I can never get a babysitter. I can never get to that class on time and then COVID anyways. So I invested in this mirror and I'm obsessed with it. Yes, It's so much easier to work out for me now. And it's just right there in my house and I've been doing awesome with it. It's the best workout system I've ever done in my entire life. And I've done lots. I highly recommend it. That's so great. And I so strongly believe you've probably experienced this. Just when you feel physically fit, when you take on certain physical challenges and goals and you meet them, I feel like it translates. I know it does. It translates to other parts of your life. I say if I had never run a marathon back in 1999 and run a bunch of halves, I don't know if I would have had the confidence to start We Are Brave. I mean, it just... It just 
empowered me incredibly. It changed everything for me. Taking on such a, because I didn't grow up an athlete. I didn't play sports. I did a little bit of dance. And so to start running, and by running, I mean jogging. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> and, then, and then to take on that goal, mind over matter, just putting in the time and the effort and the miles, it, it really changed me. I tell that to my kids that they don't run. They don't want to run, but maybe someday. Yeah, no, I believe that 100%. And even if it's smaller, right? Like, and you just make a commitment to take your body on a walk every day, like, if you give that to yourself, like it can change things on a cellular level. Like you just said, like it moves your mind and it creates new pathways and it lets you think, and it lets you realize, wow, my body didn't do it this good last time I did it. And that just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. So true. So you're early on in your journey, but what, what do you feel really passionate to share as you I'm sure are a guest on a lot of podcasts and you're, you're doing your own show and you're writing. I saw your piece. Beautiful. Well done. Way to go venturing out into writing. Um, what, what's, what's on your heart these days? And so many things I, you know, part of the reason that I started the podcast was because when I had just you know, been cast into this madness that was happening and I didn't understand it. And I was scared and my child was sick. I felt so isolated and I felt so alone and scared and nobody knew anything about me in my day. And it was, it was really, really difficult. And when I found a couple podcasts that were talking about this stuff, Finally, you know, when I'm in my car crying, going to appointment, to appointment from appointment, you know, back and forth, I had finally for the first time been, I just felt lighter. I felt better. I felt like somebody was there. And what I like to tell people is, you know, I share all these amazing people's stories on my podcast. And what I like to tell people is to look at, look at telling your story as a way to give back to someone and also yourself, right? Like telling your story heals, heals your own wounds, but think about it as a service for others coming behind you. Think about it for someone who's already been in it for so long and has never connected. Think about whatever small thing about your story, whether it's, you know, your team when you were, your when you were pregnant or, you know, the early intervention team after or whatever it is, like you have no idea who needs to listen to your story and what part of it is going to be a lifeline for them. And if you can figure out a way to do it, whether it's podcasting, being a guest, writing it on Facebook, writing a blog or being in clubhouse, like we all know what we felt like when this started and that sucks. And I don't want people to feel as bad as I did. I don't want someone to feel alone longer than they need to. So I'm a big advocate of talking about it and telling people about it and whatever medium you can do it, it can, it can change the trajectory for someone else. Oh, you're speaking my love language. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you have to tell the whole world. I mean, I I started blogging in 2012 
and sharing very openly on social. And it, that doesn't have to be you. You could have, you know, your private five, you know, that you're on Instagram sharing with, but share because you are somebody else's survival guide. You are. You're, you, there's, there's a nugget from your life and your story or many that someone will, will glean just by you sharing. Totally. And it's going to happen to you too, right? Like every time that you tell something or a success or a failure or whatever it is, like just pat yourself on the back because it's going to get easier and easier for you to be able to do that. And it's going to help you shed a lot of the gunk and the negative stuff or the whatever it is. Like, okay, I think I've worked through that. Like own it. It's okay to be mad and sad and horribly feeling like you should feel like that. And you should own it and you should go through it because you can't get rid of it unless you identify it and you just let it be there because everybody has feelings. Even the people who don't have kids like us feel like that too. Like it's just normal. I would encourage people to just, just own it. Right. You're not at, at leasting yourself. You know what I mean? Like at least my kid, at least in my situation, and then you're shoving it down, you're shoving the jealousy, you're shoving the grief, you're shoving the feelings of sadness, and only to pop up later, only to pop up later. But if we, you know, it's, I always say it's okay to have a pity party, just don't have a slumber party there. It's okay to say it sucks that your kid can play baseball and my kid can't. I can't, my kid can't walk. It really sucks. I want to be that mom today. You know, just get it out, get it out, get it out. And then and then you have to make peace with it because there will be like 10,000 other things to make peace with. I'm still making peace. Ryan is 18. I'm still, there are things that come up. I'm like, oh, I have to make peace with that. I was writing about that today. I'm like, again. I love the way you put that. You can have a pity party, but not a slumber party. I love that. And it's true. Like, Go ahead. Their feelings, they come and they go. We're human beings. That's what they are. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to feel ashamed of them. I promise every single person that you've ever seen in your entire life has had the exact same feelings. Effie, if you could wave a magic wand and make a change or make a change in a system or make a change in culture or make any change, is there something that is on your heart? Is there something that you think about when you lay in bed at night or gosh, after this experience, I would push the button and this would be completely different. Man, I think like all parents, we just want this to be normal. You know, like I don't want to have to call ahead to every place that I go to to see if Ford can come. I don't want to have weird looks and weird questions and no looks and no questions. I don't want that stigma. I don't want that separateness. I just want Ford's who he is and his disability and his amazingness to just be normal how it is still. I think it's getting a little better. I think we're bringing it into the light and that's what things like these podcasts are doing too, right? It needs a serious rebrand visibility. <laughs> and you know, I just I just want it to be normal. I don't want anyone to ever even look twice at Ford other than to be like sweet wheels, dude. I know I want the narrative. I want the culture. I want it all to change so that when and if 
a child is born with something extra that we see it automatically not as a grief but as a gift it's going to take a while to get there everybody sees it too that's the interesting part like the people who see our kids the people who actually see our kids go wow you know like they have a power to bring you down out of your head out of whatever and make you go right there and they make you sit in the moment and go this is beautiful this is funny this is awesome whatever it is and it quiets the noise and there's not a lot of things that can do that that can really snap you out of it and make you appreciate right now they do they do and i'm i'm grateful for what ryan's taught me and taught our family and hopefully I've shared some of those lessons through the years and we'll continue to share, but I am so grateful. And I, I think that's really an important lesson to share with moms early in their journey is that our children are our greatest teachers and they change us. They change us way more than we change them. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I joke about it. Like, I'm so glad I'm not the mom that I would have been without Ford. Like, I am so proud of the mom I got to be because of him. Like, I would have been a good mom, 100%, but I wouldn't have been this mom. I agree. I say that Ryan is the reason I'm recovering from perfectionism. And I'm so thankful. Totally. It's just, it's, you know, you don't sweat the small stuff. That clears up a lot of space. Right. So do you have a favorite quote or mantra? Oh my gosh. Uh, There is a beautiful quote by Walt Whitman that talks about always looking towards the sunshine. And I think about that a lot since Ford and just making sure that I'm always trying to find the light in the space. And then I just um, have been thinking about those three words, uh, attitude, gratitude, and effort lately being the three things that I have a hundred percent control over. And as parents like us, we don't have a lot of control, whether we think we do or not, or try to. And, uh, and those are the three things that I have 100% control over. That's good. I, I, that resonates with me for sure. I like that. And I like that reminder that there are a few things that we are in control of. Not everything is completely out of our control. Hmm. Thank you for that. This has been so nice, Effie. Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, I love talking to other moms. I mean, who get it, right? Like there's just, it's just a knowing and... um, There's a common bond automatically just in the first few words of the conversation, right? mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you come from and what the diagnosis is. Everybody says it and it's just truth. Well, thanks for inviting me, Jessica. I can't wait to talk to you on my podcast soon. Thanks for your show and thanks for your organization. It's helping a lot of parents. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jessica. Take care. You too. Before we go, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to this podcast or following me for a while, you know how important my mentors have meant to me and how much I value therapy for self-care and healing. These important people have been my rocks through thick and thin since my journey with Ryan started back in 2003. BetterHelp is a professional online therapy and counseling service which gives you secure, personalized help 
when you need it. They offer their counseling and therapy sessions through video, text messaging, and phone calls, making it easy to fit into your busy schedule. They know that not everyone's struggles and needs are the same, and that's why within just a few days of signing up, BetterHelp will assess your specific needs and goals and match you with a real-life counselor focused on helping you along your personal journey. I love their platform because it really puts a focus on accessibility and personalization, and they do also offer financial aid services. So if you've been unsure about seeking out therapy or help, this is a great way to test the waters. I will leave all the details in the show notes and you can access our link for 10% off your first month at www.betterhelp.com backslash we are brave together. Thanks for listening to today's show, my friends, and please spread the word about the podcast and spread the word about We Are Brave together. Tell your mom friends that we have a chair waiting for them. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not yet joined the community, please go to wearebravetogether.com, fill out the little pop-up form, and you will be on our email list. You'll get our newsletters and our resources. And we also have a Facebook group, a secret status Facebook group. So that means you can't find it. You have to join We Are Brave together to make that happen. And we would love to have you be a part of that. The Facebook group is such a great place to connect online across the world. Literally, we are an international community and it's a place to ask questions. It's a place to vent about your day, to share a triumph, to seek resource. We share so much in the Facebook group. So it is a great place to meet up. As always, remember, remember, you are not alone.